Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And the Lakers' seven-game losing streak against the Kings is now history as well. Final score is 101-91, to and there's DeMarcus Cousins down in the middle of uh, Bruhaha, up here in front of the Laker bench, now being escorted away by a couple of teammates, pulled out of there. Don't know what precipitated that. Some trash talking going on. Lakers, they've got a right to do some gloating. I mean, they came in here and they kicked some booty in the second half. Well, that's how it played out last night at Golden One Center. The Lakers and all their fans that were in the Kings building came away with a win. What a turn of events as the Lakers come from behind from 19 down, end up winning and beating the Kings 101-91. Welcome into another edition of Locked on Kings. I'm Jason Ross. And a big day today on the network. Check in on all the football podcasts like Locked On Niners with John Lund to get a preview of their game against Arizona. Of course, the Raiders have the weekend off. Speaking of the Raiders, we'll talk a little bit about them coming up too during our recap of what happened between the Kings and the Lakers last night. But Bill Williamson still has his daily Locked On Raiders, so check that out over there. We'll tell you again how to follow us. Audio Boom, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Leave us ratings and reviews there. And uh, we will definitely get the very latest of what's going on for your team each and every day, the Sacramento Kings here on Locked On Kings. All right, so let's recap it for you from last night. Uh, a tough night. Really, it became a tale of two halves, but it started out great for the Sacramento Kings. Dribble handoff to Lou Aldang. Fakes the pull up on Rudy Gay. Drives to his right into a triple team, and he's blocked by Costa Cooper. It's grabbed now by Rudy. Weaves left, weaves right. Dumps to the right baseline to Aaron Aflalo. He attacks the basket, and the little floater roll around and sets in. I was surprised he didn't go to the bank shot there, but it did roll around the iron, and it fell in. The largest lead of the early evening for the Kings, thanks to seven unanswered points. Lawson, far side of the floor, just inside the arc, hands to Rudy Gay. Steps left, feeds it back to Lawson, baseline right. Step back, long two, score it, and the drought is over for Ty Lawson. A 9-0 run by the Kings for a double-digit lead at 21-11. Lawson had missed his last 15 field goal attempts over the last three games. Collison now wiggles, gets into the paint, feeds Barnes, drives, drops off a perfect pass, and a slam dunk thrown down by Willie Cauley-Stein. Nice sequence there. Collison to Barnes to Cauley-Stein for the jam. Got a three ball on the way that hits the side of the backboard. It's grabbed by Matt Barnes, leads it out to Temple. Nice bounce pass, breaking to the rack. Collison for the layup. Luke Walton will call timeout. That was good, effective transition. Offense for the Sacramento Kings that time after the three-point attempt from the corner hit the side of the backboard. Steal. Darren Collison leads it out to Barnes. Looks over his shoulder. Nobody there. So he takes it right to the rim for the soft layup. Defense creating offense. 
Collison with a steal. Here's another steal on a deflection. Grabbed by Anthony Tolliver. Feeds to Collison. Collison rolls, shovels, and no look past to Barnes. He's got the layup driving on the left side. And the Kings lead is back to 16 at 46-30. Dave Yeager has been preaching defense from the get-go. And in the last 30 seconds, we've seen two sterling examples by the Kings. Ten turnovers now by the Lakers, and they've given up 15 points. So you heard first-half highlights there, courtesy of the G-man, Gary Gerald. And if we take it from the beginning, really, the Lakers scored early 4-0. But after that, Sacramento got control of that first quarter and built themselves a nice lead. Kings in the opening quarter got whatever they wanted. DeMarcus was aggressive. He scored early, got points in the paint. Rudy also was prolific in that first quarter. And the Kings led 30-16. to Part of their success was the finish to the quarter, an 18-5 run. The Lakers shot just 37%. They weren't hitting their threes in the opening quarter. And the other good sign that you heard in the highlights there, Ty Lawson finally broke his drought. Lawson had three consecutive games where he hadn't made a field goal. He was 0 for 15, and he finally scored. So the Kings were feeling good. They had a 30-16 to lead after one. In the second quarter, still good things for the Kings. It wasn't their best quarter, but it was still productive. Lakers were down by as much as 19, and maybe a subtle reason as to why the Kings lost the game was the way the first half ended. The Lakers had a nice little surge to trim the deficit from 19 to 10. Now, 10 still a nice halftime lead, but the Lakers were still more in a uh, closing gap type situation where they could close that gap easier in the second half, and they certainly did that. So the Kings led 55-45. It was the second fewest amount of points the Kings had allowed this season. The fewest they had allowed was 38 and a half which was uh, the first half of the game against the Phoenix Suns. So that 38-and-a-half was their best, 45 in the game last night. But the Lakers, you were starting to sense they were gaining some momentum, and the second half, unfortunately, it would all cave in on the Sacramento Kings. Throws inside to Cousins. That was not a good decision. Fronted by Larry Nance Jr. Comes with a steal. Nance Jr. up the floor. Power jam. Lakers turnover costly for the Kings. 71-65, Lakers are right back in it. Two-possession ball game. Kings can ill afford to be careless. Here's the Lou Williams runner. Gets the bounce. Lakers have the lead. It's our fourth lead change of the evening. It's now 74-73. Mozgov beating it out on the left angling and sets up Mozgov for the stick. That was nicely done. You don't see... Timofey Mozgov very often above the iron with an easy jam, but that was a perfect setup from the rookie, Brandon Ingram. Cousins baseline right, muscles his way on Mozgov. Double team, ball stripped away by Young. It's grabbed by Julius Randle. Randle goes to the middle, throws to the far wing. Here's Young going for three. Turn out the lights. It's now a double-digit Laker lead. From 19 down to lead by 10. They have taken total control of this ball game. Well, they're getting it done. They're feeling it, and they're Laker fans, and there are a lot of them in the building. They're elated right now. Timeout taken by Sacramento. 3.36 to go, but it's now a 10-point deficit. 92-82. Moskov there to set the pick against Ty Lawson. Williams drives it left. Fall away baseline. Turn out the lights. This one's going to be all but over. He hits the baseline floater, and you may have heard a whistle in the background. A foul was called as well. So the third quarter is where the slippage started for the Sacramento Kings. Their deficit from the lead from 19 was trimmed all the way down to three by the end of the third quarter. DeMarcus Cousins had a scoreless third quarter. He was 0 for 4. Kings had six turnovers. 
They only scored 18 points on 7 of 19 shooting. And in that quarter, D'Angelo Russell started to get going. And that was the theme of the second half. The Lakers were having more guys that started to find their rhythm. In the third quarter, it was Randall and Russell. And then in the fourth quarter, it was Nick Young and certainly Lou Williams. He really got going in that fourth quarter. And the Lakers continued what they have done all season long. Eight of their nine games this year, they have had the lead at some point in the fourth quarter, and they did it again in this game. And once Lou Williams put ahead, put him ahead 74-73 with just over 11 minutes to go, they never looked back. Build their lead as large as 10, and then ultimately winning by the final score of 10. 101-91, the Lakers had five guys get in double figures and led by Lou Williams off the bench with 21, 17 from D'Angelo Russell, 16 from Nick Young, 15 Julius Randle, and Timothy Mozgov had a nice 10-point performance. For the Kings, 28 from DeMarcus Cousins, but on 10 of 25 shooting, Rudy Gay had 15 to go with eight boards, and 11 for Ty Lawson. If there's a bright spot for the Kings, I would say that's it. The 11 from Ty Lawson, just his second double-figure scoring game. Darren Collison in his second game back really struggled to score. He was just 2 of 11. Lakers bench outperformed the Kings bench. Lakers shot the ball better from the Kings, and the Kings just could not shoot the ball well in the second half, only scoring 36 points. And so the offensive struggles for Sacramento really showed up, a team that only put up 91 points and looking for that consistent third score was something that clearly showed up for the Sacramento Kings. So it was the Kings' national attention game, and a, a finally a night where they were on national TV as Kevin Harlan and Brent Berry were on the call along with Reggie Miller. And the guys back at the studio certainly have things to say about the Kings. And one new element they've added this year, the big ticket, Kevin Garnett, is part of the crew on TNT. They call it Area 21. And he had a little session at halftime where he was describing DeMarcus Cousins with his former teammate, now former coach, or his former coach as well, Sam Mitchell. Those two kind of in the informal setting that they have called Area 21. And here's what KG and Sam Mitchell had to say about Boogie Cousins. I'm talking to y'all out there, and I'm talking to you. This is why this kid, to me, is the best big in this game. These moves right here are not your typical big man moves. Now, you got to understand, Boogie's 270, 260. All man, right? 290 with a biscuit. I mean, you call it whatever. <laughs> now, when you're coming down, he's setting a pick. Most bigs will shoot this. Pump fakes. Euro steps through with the layup for the end one. That is not your typical move. Three ball. Every big wants to shoot threes. He's been consistent with that. And then this is dungeon work. It's just too big. And, and this is why I agree with you. How many big guys? He just Look, he just work. beast mode Moskov right there. Just the physical strength. And then the fact that he has nimble feet. Right. Did you make that Euro step and then come back and just house you with the move? Again, DeMarcus Cousins, talent-wise, offensively, is the best big man in all the NBA. And this is what I'm talking about. If he puts a little bit of effort into just playing a little bit of defense, it'll transcend throughout the team. And I don't know. A guy that work, works on this network used to say, my offense is my defense. Sir Charles. Well, in this case, <laughs> if Cousins put a little more effort into his defense, he'll be the best player in the league, if not top three. To me. I agree. To me. Young fella. Oh, you are OG now. I'm, a, I'm OG. Head. You're a triple G. I'm a douche G. Eh. You know what Well, a lot of ifs there from those guys, and the reality is, yeah, DeMarcus has unlimited game, has a chance to be, I think he's the best big man, but what will that ultimately translate into? If we talk about great players in this league, if that's a list of LeBron, 
of Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, whoever you put on that list, Chris Paul, they all win. They win, they win, they win. And DeMarcus has not done enough winning. And that loss last night was one that the Kings, I'll say this, they've played 10 games this year. Probably they stole one earlier in the year in the home game against Minnesota when they trailed by 18, came back and won that game. This one was taken from them, and they gave one back. The Lakers were down 19. The Kings should have put them away, and the Lakers got momentum and were able to just seize that control of the game, seize control, and they end up getting the win, 101-91. Speaking of Cousins, though, uh, not too thrilled with the way the team performed, not too thrilled with how the Lakers played them. Here's uh, DeMarcus with the media after the game. I know there was a lot of physicality down the stretch of the game. Also, them coming back, it has to be frustrating. Did that start to mount? Um, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty sad when, um, you know, opposing teams let it, they let it be known what their game plan is, which is to, you know, be physical, uh, hit me and whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, just kind of, they kind of get away with it. But, um, I mean, I got to learn how to, you know, play through it. Uh, you know, keep my frustrations in order and I just, like I said, play through it. And that, that bumping and the conversation between you and Randall, would you say that's more just on the court game stuff, it stays there and everything? Oh, yeah, that's, Jesus is like my little brother. So, uh, like I said, just a little, little friendly UK love, nothing more. The marks, the ball just wouldn't go in the basket tonight, man. For who? For the Kings. Mm-hmm. I know you, you know, guys, you're not worried about that, but I mean, just looked like it was a small opening there as far as trying to get the basket. Um, I'm really concerned with that. Uh, I think our defense broke down towards the end. Um, we let them get a lot of shots that we know they can hit and um, gave them confidence. Um, we should have buried them at, in the second half, but uh, like I said, we gave them confidence and uh, gave them some momentum in this game and finished it out the way they did. What happened to your team's aggressiveness in the second half? Uh, how can I say this without? <laughs> um, played a little more tender, I guess you could say, for uh, certain reasons. What reasons? Reasons. Marcus, you guys have a game tomorrow night. How do you shake this off and just move forward? Um, put this game behind us, uh, regroup, and uh, get ready for tomorrow. What happened in the second half? You guys just kind of slowed down. Broke down. Uh, I think we got soft defensively, which you already spoke on earlier, and um, you know, we just can't have those type of breakdowns. Like I said, we should have we should have buried them in the second half. Uh, the game was going our way, and uh, we gave them life. And offensively, in the third quarter, you didn't score. Were you getting enough shots that you wanted? Um, it's a little bit of you know different things, but whatever. Well, DeMarcus is going to have to do a better job of, of handling the way the Lakers played him. And if he's saying that they were physical with him, yeah, they should be. DeMarcus is as big as anybody in the league. And if I'm an opposing teammate or opposing team going against Cousins, I play him physically. I, I try to agitate him, see if it can rile him up, see if it takes him off his game. And you've heard me say on this podcast before that DeMarcus, some guys when they get mad, they play better. I don't think it helps DeMarcus. I think when he gets mad, it derails his game. And so I don't know that that was a, a clear case last night against the Lakers, but yeah, if I'm Tarek Black, I'm Mozgov, I'm Randall, anybody in there, you play him physically. You have to. 
He comes in there and shoulders his way and gets in the paint. So, and DeMarcus said it in there. I mean, I think that his first answer there was the honest one. He's got to learn to play through it. That's it. That's definitely the answer. All right, so that's kind of a look back at what happened last night. Kings and Lakers, again, a game that I think got away from the Kings, but Lakers are better, and uh, they've, they've done a nice job with those young players kind of getting out of that Kobe shadow and now flourishing. I think Luke Walton is the perfect, I mean, perfect coach for that team. All right, now let's jump into Friday's mailbag. This is what we do each and every Friday, and you can send me an email at jason.ross at cbsradio.com if you want to send me a Twitter question, too, at jasonross1140. First question for our mailbag comes from Kelly. Thank you, Kelly, for sending this in. Hi, Jason. Love the podcast. I've spoken to you once on the radio a long time ago, and I appreciate your perspective and that you're a nice person in sports. Well, thank you, Kelly, for that. Although I am a fan of DeMarcus Cousins, I wonder about his impact on the team, I appreciate his work in the community and his commitment to Sacramento. But do you think other players, for the most part, like to play with him? Thanks. That's from Kelly. Kelly, um, that is a great question in the sense that I don't have a 100% read on that, but I have said consistently that I think DeMarcus needs to better be a better teammate. And what I mean by that is... Um, someone that is easier to play with. So I think it's almost, in my answer to this is, it might be a day-to-day thing. And maybe you, out, Kelly, work with someone like this where some days, hey, Jim's in a good mood today. We got good Jim today. And then other days like, ooh, Jim's in one of those moods and you don't want to, and you feel like you have to act differently around him. That's what happens with DeMarcus. It's not all the time. There's sometimes he's fun. He's intense he's a great competitor we all see that but I think other times it's difficult to be a teammate of DeMarcus Cousins so I I can't speak for everyone I don't know how every individual feels but I know there have been past players that have left the team that said he was a difficult teammate so that's why I say about being a better teammate I think he's trying I think he tries to grow but it's seven it's his seventh year I mean he's he's this is who he is and I think winning will help him but that's not happening consistently enough. Four and six so far. Season still has a long way to go. What would he look like as a teammate if this team was 10 games above 500? I don't know the answer to that. We haven't seen it. I'd like to see it. I would assume he'd be better, but losing wears on everybody. He's had a lot of it, and uh, he could still work on being a a better teammate. This one coming in uh, from Marty. Marty from Fair Oaks asks, "Uh, I've been to Arco. I haven't yet been to Golden One Center. What is the difference in the crowd level, the noise level? Well, that's a good question, too. I will say this so far, Marty, that we have had only a couple games at Golden One Center. The home opener was pretty electric, as you'd expect. The first ever game played in that building. The Minnesota game had the great comeback. That was a good crowd and a good noise. I mean, the crowds have been sold out every game so far. The Tuesday game earlier this week that you heard me talk about on the podcast was election night and was maybe one of the strangest nights I've ever seen in a building for a home game for the Kings. Just people were mesmerized. They were glued to their phone and distracted by the game as opposed to the other way around where the phone was just kind of your distraction. They were just and the word was going as Trump was going to win. It just it it was a weird night. People, I think, were shell shocked and just weren't into the game. And then the Laker game is a little bit of a difficult measurement because there were a lot of Laker fans there. There really were, and they were getting loud and supportive of their team. But usually that there's a counterbalance. Then when the Kings start to do something well, those fans will get even louder. I will say it's too early to tell, but my early feeling is that Arco was louder. Uh, but I also think that the acoustics have something to do with that. A lot of times you'd hear people stomp on the hardwood floor and the seats at Arco. Well, that's just generally going to make more noise than the concrete that's at Golden 1. But... You know, I, I think we'll we'll see how this goes, but it's still gonna, it's still an incredible building, a great atmosphere. 
But I'd say my early answer would be that um, Arco is a little bit louder. And then our last question is coming in from Toby. Toby is asking about the difficult nature of a back-to-back in playing Portland. And in fact, who do you think the Kings will put on the backcourt, dynamic backcourt of McCollum and Lillard? Well, I think they've got a couple of choices. I mean, if you're going with your starters, obviously it's Ty Lawson and Aaron Aflalo. Aflalo is a bigger guard. I think that makes some sense. Darren Collison could come in and probably get some minutes on Damian Lillard. And then I wouldn't be surprised. We didn't see Ben McLemore play against the Lakers, but I would think Ben is a bigger guard and even Garrett Temple have to get some run against Portland. Those guys might have fresher legs on the second night of a back-to-back, but that'll be a difficult stretch. And the Kings have played 10, but the upcoming stretch after that road game against Portland, the Kings come home for five, but nothing but playoff teams. Spurs are coming in. OKC, Houston, um, Toronto, uh, the Clipper, it, it's just, it's a really, really difficult stretch. You love being at home, but there's some tough games. That's why losing to the Lakers, it could have been a five and five start. Everybody excited. Instead, four and six. Season's not lost by any means, but what a difference just that loss against the Lakers makes, especially giving you a little more of a cushion going against this difficult uh, stretch coming up. So thank you for all those questions. Send it to us again at jason.ross at cbsradio.com or on Twitter at jasonross. 1140. Well, that'll do it for this edition of Locked on Kings. Again, Google Play, Stitcher, Audio Boom, iTunes. Leave us uh, ratings and reviews there as uh, the Lakers did get the win over the Kings. 101-91. We'll be back on Monday. We'll recap what happened with the Blazers and look ahead to the difficult week and schedule coming up for the Sacramento Kings. Until then, have a great weekend and thank you for listening to Locked on Kings. When I wake up in the morning, you are Locked on Kings. Your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17